Hello dear listener, welcome to Mouchtar FM today. I'm Florian and today on this gossip program we will speak about someone uh, maybe this is the yeah he, he we give it this name. This is the father of the fantasy, we can say, the world fantasy and so on. If I say the Hobbit, the Lord of Rings, the Silmarillion, I think you're pretty sure who wrote these books. But did you know this man in particular or not? We will see in this new gossip program, G.R.R. Tolkien. So, who is it? So, John Ronald Rear Tolkien, born on the 3rd of January 1892 and died the 2nd of September 1973, was an English writer, poet, philosophist, and academic best known for the author for the high fantasy works The Hobbit and The Lord of Rings. He served as the Rawlinson and Bosworth Professor of Anglo-Saxon and Fellow of Pembroke College, Oxford from 1925 to 1945, and the Merton Professor of English Language and Literatures and Fellow of Merton College, Oxford from 1945 to 1959. He was a close friend of C.S. Lewis, a co-member of the informal literary discussion group The Inkling. Tolkien was appointed a commander of the Order of the British Empire by the Queen Elizabeth II on the 28th of March 1972. After Tolkien's death, his son Christopher published a series of works based on his father's extensive notes and unpublished manuscripts, including The Silmarillion. These, together with The Hobbit and The Lord of Ring, form a connected body of tales, poems, fictional histories, inventing languages and literary essays about a fantasy world called Arda and within Middle-earth. Between 1951 and 1955, Tolkien applied the term legendarium to the larger part of this writing. While many other authors had published the works of fantasy before Tolkien, the great success of The Hobbit and The, Do the Lord of the Rings led directly to the popular resurgence of the genres. This has caused Tolkien to be popularly identified as the father of the modern fantasy literature or, more precisely, of high fantasy. Because yes, we have a different type of fantasy. You have the dark fantasy, the high fantasy, the low fantasy, the classic fantasy, and so on. So it depends how the writers imagine his fantasy. But now we will go back, we will go to the youth of the young Tolkien. While on his earlier tense, Tolkien had his first encounter with the constructing language, Animalic, an invention of his cousins, Mary and Marie-Jo in Inclebon. At that time, he was studying Latin and Anglo-Saxon. Their interest in Animalic soon died away, but Mary and others, including Tolkien himself, invented a new and more complex language called Nefbosch. The text-constructed language he came to work with, Nafarin, would be his own creation. Tolkien learned Esperanto sometimes before 1909. Around the, the 10th of June 1909, he composed the Book of the Foxrook, a 16-page notebook where the earliest example of one of his invented alphabet appears. Short texts in these notebooks are written in Esperanto. In 1911, 
While they were at King Edward Schools, Tolkien and three friends, Rob Gilpson, Jeffrey Backsmith, and Christopher Wisman, formed a semi-secret society that called the TCBS. The initial stood for the Tea Club and Bavarian Society. Alluding to their fondness to drinking tea in barrel stones near to the school and secretly in the school library. After leaving school, the members staying in the torch and in December 1914, they held a council in London uh, Westman's home. For Tolkien, the result of this meeting was a strong and dedication to righteous poetry. In 1911 again, Tolkien went to the summer holiday in Switzerland, a trip that he recollected vividly in the 1968 letters, noting that Bilbo's journey across the misty mountains, including the glissade down the, uh, the slittery stones into the pine woods, is directly based on his adventure on their party of 12 hiking from Interkaken to Lauterbrunnen, on to camp to the Moraine from beyond Marine. 57 years later, Tolkien remembers his, reg his regret at leaving the view of the internal snow of Jungfrau and Silverhorn, the silver tine, celebrity of my dream. They went across the Klein Schling to Grindenwald and across on the Gross Shaging at Merigen. They continue across the Grimsel Pass through the upper valley to bring and on the Alice Glacier and Zermacht. There, there are, are lots of German names, so I'm pretty sure he was in the German part of the Switzerland because it's so difficult to, to say some names. So I'm pretty sure he was in the German part. In October on the same year, Tolkien began studying at Exeter's College, Oxford. He initially studied class, classics but changed his courses in 1913 to English language and literature, graduating graduating in 1915 with the first-class honor. Among his tutors at Oxford was Joseph Wright, whose primer to the, of the Gothic language has inspired Tolkien as a schoolboy. And now, yeah, you, pretty, you know which, what's happened during the first part of the 20th century. Um, yeah, that was the World War. Uh, yeah, France was inside, but also England, Germany, and so on, and Tolkien was in part of this. So in August 1914, Britain entered in the First World War. Tolkien's relatives were shocked when he elected not to volunteer immediately for the British Army. In 1941, later to the, his son Michael, Tolkien recalled, in those days, chaps joined up or were scorned publicly. It was a nicely cliff to be in for a young man with too much imagination and little physical courage. Instead, Tolkien endured the Oblugai and entered in the program by which he delayed, established until completing his degree. By that time, he passed his final in July 1915. Tolkien recalled that the hints were becoming outspoken from relatives. He was commissioned as a temporary second lieutenant of the Lancashire Fusilier in on the 15th of July 1915. He trained with the 3rd uh, Reserved Battalion on Canuck Chase, regularly camp near to the Ruggley, Staffordshire, for 11 months. In a letter to edit, Tolkien complained, gentlemen are rare among the superiors, and even humans being rare indeed. 
Following their wedding, Lieutenant and Mrs. Tolkien took up a lodging near to the training camp. On the 2nd of June 1916, Tolkien received a telegram summoning him to the Folkestone for posting to France. The Tolkien spent the night before his departure in a room of the Plus and Arrow Hotel in Eglaston, Birmingham. A letter wrote, Junior officers were being killed off a dozen of minutes. Parting from my wife then, it was like a death. On the 5th of June 1916, Tolkien board a troop transport for an overnight voyage to Calais. Like other soldiers arriving for the first time, he was sent to the British Expeditionary Forces, BEF, base depot at Etaples. On the 7th of June, he was informed that he had been assigned to the signal officer of the 11th Battalion, Lancashire Fusilier. The battalion was part of the 74th Brigade, 25th Division. While waiting to be summoned on his unit, Tolkien sank into boredom. To pass the time, he composed a poem entitled The Lonely Island, The Lonely Hill, which he was inspired by his feeling during the sea crossing to Calais. Evade the British Army postal censorship, he developed a code of dots by which Edith could track his movement. He left Etaples on the 27th of June 1916 and joined his battalion at Rubempré near Amiens. He found himself commanding and enlisted men who were drawn mainly from the mining, milling, and weaving through towns of Lancashire. According to John Garth, He felt an affinity for this working class man, but military protocol prohibited friendship with other ranks. Instead, he was required to take charge of them, discipline them, train them, and probably censor their letters. If possible, he was supposed to inspire their love and loyalty. Token later lamented, The most improper job of any man is bossing other men. No one in a million is fit for it. And least All of this, all of those was seek the opportunity. Tolkien arrived at the Somme on early July 1916. In between terms behind the lines in Bizancourt, he participated to, to the assault of the Schweiben Rebo and the Leipzig Salient. Tolkien's time in combat was terrible stress for Edith, who feared that every knock of his door might carry news of her husband's death. Edith could track her husband's movement on a map of the Western Front. Reverend Marilyn S. Evers, Anglican chaplain of the Lancashire Fusilier, recorded that Tolkien and his brother officer were eaten by order of lice, which found the medical officer Edmund May really a kind of hors d'oeuvre, and the little beggars went at their feast with renewed vigor. On the 27th of October 1916, At his battalion attacking Regina Trench, Tolkien contracted trench fever, a disease carried by lace. He was invalid to England on the 11th on the 8th of November 1916. Many of his dearest school's friends were killed in the war. Among their numbers were Rob Gilson of the Tea Club and Bavarian Society, who was killed on the first day of the Somme while leading his man to the assault of Bonmont Emil. Fellow TCBS member Geoffrey Smith was killed during the battle when a German artillery shell landing on the first aid post. Tolkien battalion was almost completely wiped out following his return to England. According to John Garth, 
Kitchener's Army at once marketing market existing social boundaries and contrasting the class system by throwing everyone into a disparate situation together. Tolkien was graceful, writing that it had taught him a deep sympathy and feeling for the Tommy, especially for the plain soldier for the agricultural counties. A week and emaciated emaciated Tolkien spent to the remainder of the war alternating between hospitals and garnison duties, being deemed medically unfit for general service, during his recovery in a cottage in Little Haywood, Staffordshire he began to work on the, what he called the Book of Lost Tales, beginning with the fall of Gondolin. Lost Tales represent Tolkien attempts to create a mythology for England, a project he would abandon without ever completing. Through 1917 and 1918, his illness kept recurring, but he had recovered enough to do some home service and various camp. It was at this time that Edith bore their first child, John Francis Real Tolkien. In 1941 later, Tolkien described his son John as convincing and caring during the starvation year in 1917 and the great U-boat campaign, wrote about the Battle of Cambrai, when the end of the war seemed far as it does now. Tolkien was promoted to the temporary rank of a lieutenant on the 6th of January 1918. When he was stationed at Kingston upon Hull, he and Edith went walking in the wood nearby, at Nearby Rose, and Edith began to dance for him in the clearing among of the flowering hemlock. After his wife's death in 1971, Tolkien's remembered, I never called Edith Lothian, but she was the source of the story that in time became the chief part of the Silmarillion. It was first convinced in the small woodland glad filled with hemlock at Rose in Yorkshire, when I was for a brief time command of the, an outpost of the Humber garrison in 1917, and she was able to live with me for a while. On those days, her, her hair was raven, her skin clear, her eyes brighter than you have seen them, and she could sing and dance. But the story has gone crooked, and I'm left, and I cannot play it before the inexorable Mondo. On the 16th of July 1919, Tolkien was taken off active service at Fondvant on Salis Salisbury Plain with a temporary disability pension. So after this war time, we can say that's a very huge part of the inspiration of Tolkien for all his books and creation, we'll speak about the, his academic and writing career. So on the 3rd of November 1920, Tolkien was demobilized and left the army, retaining his rank of lieutenant. His first civilian job after the World War I was the Oxford English Dictionary, where he worked mainly on the history and etymology of words of Germanic origin begin with the later W. In 1920, he took up a post of reader in the English language at the University of Leeds, becoming the youngest professor there. While at Leeds, he produced a Middle English vocabulary and definitive edition of Sir Garwen and the Green Knight with E.V. Gordon. Both became academic standards work for several decades. He translated Sir Gawain Pearl and Sir Afeo. In 1925, he returned to Oxford at Wellington and 
both was professor of Anglo-Saxon with a fellowship at Pembroke College. In the mid-1919, he began to tutor uncreated privately, most importantly of those of Lady Margaret Hall and St. Hugh College. Given th uh, that the women's college were in the great needs of good teachers of their early years, and Tolkien as a married professor, then still not common, was considered suitable as a bachelor done would not have been. During his time at Pembroke College, Tolkien wrote The Hobbit and the first two volumes of The Lord of Rings. While living on the 20th Northmore, the 20th of Northmore Road in the North Oxford. He also published a philosophy essay in 1932 on the name No Dance, following Sir Mortimer Wheeler's unearthing of the Roman association of Lindney Park, Gloucestershire in 1924. And now let's speak about the influences of Tolkien also. So Tolkien's fantasy books on Middle-earth, especially The Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion, drew a wide array of influence, including his philosophical interest in languages, Christianity, mythology, archaeology, ancient and modern literature, and personal experiences. His philosophical work centered on the study of old English literature, especially Beowulf, and has acknowledged at the importance of his writing. He was a gift linguist, influenced by Germanic, Celtic, Finnish, and Greek language and mythology. Commenters have attempted to identify many literary and topology antecedents for characters, places, and events in Tolkien's writing. Some writers were important to him, including the art and craft poly polymath William Morris. And he undoubtedly made us some of some real place names, such as Bag End, the name of the aunt's home. Uh, acknowledged to John Buckham and I. H. Ryder Eggard, authors of modern adventure stories that he enjoyed. The effect of some specific experiences have been identified. Tolkien childhood in the English countryside and its urbanization by the growth of Birmingham influenced his creation of the Shire, while his personal experience of fighting in the trench in the First World War affecting his description of Mordor. And now let's speak about his publication. So the first one is Beowulf, the Monteur and the Critics. So in addition to the writing fiction, Tolkien was an author of academic literary criticism. Seminar in 1936 lectures, later published in the article Revolution, the treatment of the Anglo-Saxon epic Beowulf by literary critics. The essay remained highly influential of the in the study of old English literature to this day. Beowulf is one of the most significant influences upon Tolkien's later fiction, with major details of both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings being adapted from the poem. On Fairy Stories This essay discusses the fairy stories of literary form. It was initially written at the as the 1939 Andrew Lang Lectures at the University of St. Andrew, Scotland. Tolkien focused on Andrew Lang's work at the folklorics and collectors of fairy tales. He disagreed with Lang's broad inclusion on his fairy books collections a tra of traveler's tales, beast fables, and other types of stories. Tolkien held a narrow perspective, viewing fairies 
theory stories are those that took place in fairy and enchanted realm with or without fairies as characters. He viewed them as a natural development of the interaction of human imagination and human language, children's books and other short work. In addition to his myth Metopoetic composition, Tolkien enjoyed inventing fantasy stories to entertain these children. He wrote annual Christmas letters from Father Christmas for them, building up series of short stories, later compiled, compilated and published as the Father of Christmas Letters. Also works including Mr. Bliss and Roverdom for children and Live by Niggles, part of the Tea of Leaf, The Aventure of Tom Bomba. Bombardil, Smith of Wooten Major and Farmer Jill of Arm. Roverodom and Smith of Wooten Major, like the Hobbit, borrow ideas from his legendarium. And now let's speak of one of the, his biggest creations, the Hobbit. So Tolkien never expected the history becomes popular, but by sheer accident of a book called The Hobbit, which had been written for some years before his own children, came in 1936 to the attention of Susan Dugnan, an employee of London publishing firm George Allen and Unwin, who persuaded Tolkien to substitute it for publication. When it was published a year later, the book attracted the adult readers as well as children, and it became popular enough to publishers to ask Tolkien to produce a sequel. And now let's speak about the sequel, so The Lord of the Rings. The request for a sequel prompted Tolkien to begin what became his most famous work, the epic novel The Lord of the Rings, originally published in three volumes in 1954-1955. Tolkien spent more than 10 years writing the primary narrative and appendices for The Lord of the Rings, during which time he received the constant support of the Inklings, in particular his closest friend C.S. Lewis the author of the Chronicle of Narnia. Only this. And yeah, if you don't really know who, who is and what is the Chronicle of Narnia, mm, basically you will sleep in the cave because this is also one of the biggest novels and stories uh, that ever made also. Both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings are set against the background of the Cimmerian, but in the time long after it. Tolkien at the first hinted The Lord of the Rings to be a children's tale in the style of The Hobbit, but it quickly grew darker and more serious in the writing. Through a direct sequel to The Hobbit, he addressed an older audience, drawing on the direct sequel of The Hobbit. Through a direct sequel to The Hobbit, he addressed an older audience, drawing on the immense backstory of Beleriand that Tolkien has constructed a previous years and which eventually saw posthumous publication in Silmarillion in other volumes. Tolkien strongly influences the fantasy genre that grew up after the book's success. The Lord of the Rings became immensely popular in the 60s and has remained so ever since, ranking as one of the most popular works of fiction in the 20th century, judged by some sales and reader surveys. In the 2003 Big Read survey conducted the, by the BBC, The Lord of the Rings was found by, to be the UK's best-loved novel. Australians wrote The Lord of the Rings, My Favorite Books in 2004, survey conducted by the Australian ABC. 
1999, the Amazon.com customers, the Lord of the Rings was judged to be the, their favorite book of the millennium. In 2002, Tolkien was voted the, the 92nd greatest Britain in the poll conducted by the BBC. And in 2004, it was voted in 35th in the SAB3C's Great South Africans, the only person to appear in both lists. His popularity is not limited to the English-speaking world. In 2004, Paul, inspired by the UK Big Read survey, about 250,000 Germans found The Lord of the Rings to be their favorite work of literatures. And I'm pretty sure you know the books also, but I'm also sure that you watch the movies. The Lord of the Rings, made by James Cameron during the, the year 2000. Um, and, okay, it's quite long to see all of them. It's only three, but each film may, can make four or five hours. I don't remember for the long version. And for me, it's too much. Because for four hours for this, it's... Uh, I prefer to read the books, the books, I think. Maybe. So now we'll speak about the Silmarillion. So Tolkien wrote a brief sketch of the mythology, which included the tales of Beren and Lutin and of Turin. And that sketch eventually evolved into the Kenta Cimmerian, an epic history that Tolkien started three times but never published. Tolkien desperately hoped to publish it along with The Lord of the Rings, but publishers, both Allen and Ewing and Collins, declined. Moreover, printing costs were very high in the 50s Britons requiring The Lord of the Rings to be published in three volumes. The story of this continuous redrafting is told to the post-humous series. The history of the Middle-earth, edited by Tolkien's son, Christopher Tolkien, from around 1936, Tolkien began to extend this framework to include the tales of the fall of Numeror, which was inspired by the legend of Atlantis. Tolkien appointed his son Christopher to his literary executor and he, with assistance from Guy Ga Gabriel K, later well-known fantasy author of his own right, organized some of his material into a single Korean volume, published as the Cimmerian in 1977. It received a Locus Award for the best fantasy novel in 1978. And for the last, Unfinished Tales and the History of Middle-earth. In 1980, Christopher Tolkien published a collection of more fragmentary materials under the title Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle-earth. A subsequent years, 1983-1996, he published a large amount of the remaining unpublished materials, together with notes and extensive commentary, in a series of 12 volumes called The History of Middle-earth. They contain unfinished, abandoned, alternative, and outright contradictory accounts, since they were always a work in progress for Tolkien, and he only rarely settled of the definitive version of any of the stories. There is not complete consequence between The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, the two most closely related works, because Tolkien was ne never fully integrated of all their tradition into each other's. He commented in 1965, while editing The Hobbit for third edition, that he would have preferred to rewrite the book completely because the style of its pores. And if we speak about The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbits, 
the Silmarillion, all these things. And remember that Tolkien is was one of the um, language professor. He also invented a language. So long, we will speak about the language construction of Tolkien because he invented elves, technically. So parallel to Tolkien's professional work at Philologist and sometimes overshadowing this work to the effect that his academic output remaining rather thin was his affection for constructing languages. The most developed of these are Quenya's and Sindarin, the etymological connection between which formed the core of much Tolkien legendarium. Language and grammar for Tolkien was a matter of aesthetics and euphony. And Kenya, Quenya, I don't know how to pronounce, in particular was designed from phonaesthetic consideration. It was intended as a elven Latin and was phonologically based on Latin with ingredients from Finnish, Welsh, English and Greek. A notable addition came in late 1945 with Adunaek or Numerian, a language of the faintly semantic flavor connected with Tolkien Atlantis language legend sorry which by the notion club papers tie directly into his idea about the inability of languages to be inherited and via the second edge of the stories of Iron Drill was grounded in the legendarium terribly providing a link of Tolkien's 20th century real primary world with the legendary past of the Middle Earths. Tolkien considered languages inspirable from the mythology associated with them and is consequently took a dim view of auxiliary languages. In 1930, a congress of Esperantists were told as much by him on his lecture as Secret Vice, your language construct will breed a mythology, but but by 1956 he had concluded that Volapuk, Esperanto, Ido, Novial, and so on and so on are dead, far deader than ancient unused language because their authors never invented any Esperanto legends. The popularity of Tolkien's books has had a small but lasting effect on the use of the language in fantasy literature in particular and even on mainstream dictionary, which today commonly accepts Tolkien idiosyncratic spelling dwarfs and dwarfish, and dwarf and dwarfish, which had been little used since the mid-19th century and earlier. In fact, according to Tolkien, yet the old English prayer survived it would have been Dwarves and Dwarves, I don't know. He also coined the term a catastrophe, so it remains mainly used in connection on his work. So, dear listener, I think we can say that's all because I will be short in time uh, right now. Um, that was the story of maybe the best writer of fantasy, G.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, I never read one of these books because I don't really like to read uh, in general, uh, especially books. And uh, maybe I watched the movies uh, maybe once and that was awful because it, that was too long for me. But we can say that it influenced a lot of people, a lot of writers among the years. And I think it will be 
the father of the high fantasy like they said for a very very long time so there is another thank you to listen to me that was Florian on Mushtar FN and we can see see you later on the next gossip program not the same person not the same topic but the same time the same hours so bye